of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Shall we close our eyes? Lift up your right hand and say this after me. Say in the name of Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. Say I declare that the heavens are open over my life. In the name of Jesus. Say I declare that after this word, my life will never be the same again. Say in the name of Jesus. I declare that my mind it's a let say I declare that my mind is sharp say I declare that my spirit is open and ready to receive from God in the name of Jesus put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats hallelujah Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Why? Is your voice electricity powered? I said hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank God the Holy Spirit doesn't work on electricity. With or without electricity, the Spirit of God will do what He has to do. Amen. Yeah. How many of you are excited to be in church this morning? It's good to be in church on Sunday. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to share something with you. Um, it's going to be brief. It's not because of the light out. I mean, it's, it's not a long sermon, all right? Now, I believe you believe me when I say it's not going to be long. You are beginning to believe me. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very simple, very, very simple message that I believe will help you in this year of breaking out. Amen. Yeah, I believe from time to time, I need to give you some pointers, certain things that will help you to Harness, you know, when, when something is declared over a year like that, it means the atmosphere is open and God will make things that are needed for that focus to be realized in the lives of the people available. And so you must be taught how to position yourself strategically for the theme or for the focus for the year to be alive in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. If you have your Bibles here, turn with me, or should I say punch with me? Now it's more of punching than turning, because we are in the 21st century. Hallelujah. To the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. This is a portion of scripture that we quote a lot. But today I want to expound on it a bit. And I believe it's going to help you. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I need some spiritual responses in the house. Hallelujah. Especially with no lights like that. If you are dull, then we'll turn it into a slumber party. And we'll all sleep. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Yeah. So can I have Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11? Give me the King James Version first. The KJV first. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun. That the race is not to the sick, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. 
but time and chance happen to them all. Hallelujah. So the title of my sermon this morning is Time and Chance. Somebody say time and chance. Say time and chance. Tell somebody your time is coming. Tell somebody your chance is coming. Tell another person your time is coming. And your chance is coming. Hallelujah. But I think of all the versions, the one that captures the scripture most beautifully is NLT. So Pastor let's go to NLT. Listen carefully how NLT puts it. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11, NLT. Mm-hmm. I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. And the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by chance, by being in the right place. Hallelujah. Like this one, I'll give it to NLT. They're taking it. It's a serious way. <laughs> Said by being at the right place at the right time. I prophesy over your life in this year of breaking out that you will be at the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right things. Hallelujah. Yeah. So it's clear here that some of the things that we think are responsible for success in life. And I don't know how you would define success. But, I mean, success is a very, very broad thing. Some of the things that we believe are the the, the causes of success in life, this scripture is just turning all of them upside down. It's saying the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. There have been times in boxing, there have been upsets. What we call an upset. I don't know whether what happened this dawn was an upset. Yeah, yeah. Some of you watch the heavyweight yeah. championship, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Was this sixth round, seventh round, knockout? Deontay Wilder has the best knockout record probably ever for a heavyweight. 41 out of his, I think, 43 fights or 42 fights have been knocked out. The guy has a deadly right hand. He can be losing the fight one shot of his right hand and you are down. And this is a man, Tyson Fury, who, he was a former heavyweight champion. He had some problems, some psychiatric issues with depression and stuff like that. He stopped boxing for a while, came back. The two of them fought sometime last year. It ended in a draw, even though me, I think uh, it wasn't a fair result. But this dawn, the knockout expert himself was totally beaten, like it, it was terrible. His mouth was swollen. Blood was oozing from his ears. He had one deadly blow to his ear. I don't know whether it caused the imbalance. After that blow, it's like he just couldn't stand again. And this guy saw an opportunity and kept pummeling him. And his own corner called for the fight to end. So the knockout specialist in the whole world has been knocked out. Hallelujah. So the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle and he said the educated is not always successful education is good but that is not what would guarantee your success in life hallelujah book knowledge is good hallelujah but you need some 
to also add to the book knowledge. If you have book knowledge without a fee answer, you are as good as uneducated. Hallelujah. Wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom is important. As for wisdom, it's a gift from God. You acquire knowledge. But how to apply that knowledge, it is a gift God gives you. It is a grace that God gives you. Recently, I was listening to one man of God. You know, depending on what your calling is and what your ministry is, you have a certain view of certain things. He was saying he doesn't believe anybody can lay hands on you and your business will be successful. It's as a result of correct practices and following correct practices and all of that. And I said, no, this one, senior man, this one, I disagree with you. (laughs) Hallelujah. I disagree. Anything you do in this world, if you add wisdom, it will be better. Education, if you add wisdom, it will be better. Marriage, if you add wisdom, it will be better. Business, if you add wisdom, it will be better. And there was a portion of scripture where the Bible says when Moses was about to die, he called Joshua and he laid hands on him. And when he laid hands, the spirit of wisdom came upon him. Hallelujah. That means if the spirit of wisdom can be imparted, I can lay hands on you, the spirit of wisdom will come upon you, and those bad business practices that you were doing, suddenly wisdom will come and correct all those mistakes, and your business will begin to work. And so me, I disagreed with it. Wisdom is necessary in everything that we do. Hallelujah. The race is not for the swift. The fastest doesn't always win the race. Because sometimes when they say on your mark, as you are going, the favorite can have a muscle pull. And pull aside. And then somebody sees an opportunity. And he says, this is my chance to be the champion. Some time ago, Usain Bolt was reigning. I mean, 100 meters, nobody could beat him. For years continuous, he had never lost a race. And it was the 100 meters world championship final. Final. And just around that time, the IAF had changed the rules for disqualification. You know, there's something we call false start. When you want to steal the start. They say, on your marks, get set, when you go up like that, some people try to move, because in 100 meters, a shot, two microseconds can make a difference between you winning and you losing. So people try to time their move to coincide with the gunshot, so that they will have a good start. And you see, Usain Bolt is a very tall person. Tall people usually don't have good starts, because by the time you are getting up, the short people have already started. (laughs) So I think as part of his plan and as part of his strategy, he wanted to start early because I think he wanted to break his own world record too. And how he was going to start was very crucial. And unfortunately for the man, he went ahead of the gun. And those days, sometimes first, you have to do it twice to be disqualified. But they are changed the rules. Now once you bow the start once like this, you have been disqualified. So oh, the whole world was watching the race. And his very close friend called Johan Blake who was the second fastest man at that time. Everybody knew who would be number one and who would be number two. <laughs> so suddenly when they fired the thing, they realized Usain Bolt had jumped ahead of the thing. And normally they will come with a very big card and they will show it to you like that. Usain Bolt was down, he took off his shirt, threw it to the ground, and I saw Johan Blake, he was now shaking like this. <laughs> 
sabah. The guy saw an opportunity to be a world champion for once in his life. He took it, beat the rest of the people, and it's down in history that he was a world champion at a point in time. The race is not for the fastest person. Hallelujah. You may be here, you may not be the most skillful. You may not be the most intelligent. You may not be the most connected. But the Bible is saying here that time and chance happens to them all. God will give everybody a chance. God will give everybody a time. It is up to you to recognize it when the chance comes for you to take it. It is up to you to recognize it when the opportunity comes for you to take it. I want somebody to Google the word chance and give me the, the meaning of the word chance. Yes, please read it. Chance is a possibility of something happening. The occurrence of events in the absence of any obvious intention or cause. Mm -hmm. To do something by accident or without intending to. Okay. To do something despite it being dangerous or of uncertain outcome. So that's like taking a chance. Okay. All right. So the Bible is saying, as for time and chance, it happens to them all. So... God will give you time, he'll give you chance. For me, when you combine chance and time, what you get is opportunity. Say opportunity. opportunity. Say opportunity. opportunity. And in this year, a lot of opportunities are going to come your way. Yeah. That is why you need this sermon to position yourself strategically so that when the opportunities come, you'll be able to recognize them and walk into them. A lot of times we complain, God is not doing anything for us, God is not doing anything. Most of the time, when God is going to do something for us, the Bible says, no good thing will I withhold from you. Some of you are like, ah, really, God? Are you really saying no good thing will you withhold from me? Yes, it is true. Once he has said it, it means it's true. No good thing will he withhold from you. But the good things will come through doors. Say doors. doors. It's up to you to be able to recognize those doors. They'll come to you through opportunities. It's up to you to be able to recognize those opportunities. Hallelujah. Amen. And today I'll teach you certain things about opportunities, which will help you so that when opportunities come, you won't let the opportunities pass you by. Hallelujah. Amen. The first thing is that opportunities can come out of chaotic situations. You see, don't expect opportunities to always come nicely wrapped, nicely presented, nicely labeled as an opportunity. No. You won't get it that way. Opportunities can come out of chaotic situations. Opportunities can come out of problems. Opportunities can come out of challenges. A clear example is David. There was a challenge, but he saw an opportunity. There was a problem, but he saw an opportunity. While others chose to shiver, and cry and be worried. He came and like a pro, like an expert, like a veteran. He decided that look, I have seen an opportunity here. When he came, the first question he said, What shall be done for the one who will take down this giant? Hallelujah. Amen. Look at what happened here today. The choir was singing. It was supposed to be somebody's breakout leading the choir. Yeah. Suddenly things went chaotic, but she studied herself and like a veteran and a pro, she handled the thing beautifully. Let's put our hands together for her. 
<laughs> yeah, I was like that. She's preaching my sermon. <laughs> She's preaching my sermon. This is the first time you are leading a song, right? Yeah. The first time, yeah. And then suddenly no instruments, nothing. But she didn't even show any signs of, you know. She took advantage of the chaos. Hallelujah. May the Lord give you the grace to take advantage of problems and chaos. She could have just frozen. Oh, God, why me? Me alone today that have been given opportunity. <laughs> but you see, you will remember this ministration more because of the chaos associated with it. You probably wouldn't have remembered it the way you will remember it if everything had been fine and the instruments had been fine. You'd have probably said, oh, it went well because the instrumentalist played well. So God silenced the instrumentalist and left the singer and the able backers. In fact, we should clap for the backers too. Because <laughs> if the backers had frozen, she would have frozen too. Everybody steadied themselves. Hallelujah. There are some situations that will come to you this year. They will look like chaos. They will look like problems. But embedded in it are opportunities and doors. And I pray that God will open your eyes to be able to recognize them. Look, Africa, eh? It's a general rule that if you want to be great, look for a problem and solve it. Look for a challenge and solve it. If that is really true, then Africa we should be full of great people. Successful people. And rich people. Because money, for example, if you make money, is because you see a problem and you solve it. The reason why you are being paid, if you are even on control and accountant general salary, is because you are solving somebody's problem. You pay a carpenter to solve your problem. You pay a mechanic to solve your problem. And so Africa is full of problems. Today I want to open your eyes to something. Yes. That there is potential for greatness, there's potential for riches in Africa, more than any continent. Why do you think the whites left their continent several centuries ago, left their families, left their jobs to come to Africa? They saw that our problems were many. And that if they come and help us to solve those problems, they'll take our money away. May the Lord open your eyes to the many problems that are around you. People don't like rubbish. People don't like filth. But Zoom Lion said, it is a problem. I will solve it. And I will make money out of it. Hallelujah. Amen. There are problems. Though. There's a problem of traffic in Accra. So some people decide that, ah, Okada can go around traffic. Now they are abusing it and giving us trouble. It's like when you are crossing a street, then you should be more wary of a coming motorcycle than even the car. Because the car will stop, but the motor will decide that, as for me, I have the right to cross. Some people sat down and saw a problem and decided to solve it. But now another problem has come out of the Okada, which is accidents. Because now when you go to accident center, Somebody told me that she can't remember the last time you saw an accident from the accident center involving proper vehicles. It's moto, 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 giddy, giddy, contemporary things. And they are dying, breaking their legs and all of that. So somebody just sat down and said, okay, the problem of the traffic is still there. The Okada came to solve it, but it also has come with a problem. So let's look at something that has the ability to swerve the traffic, maybe not to the same extent as the Okada, but safer. 
So now they are using the tricycle. When you go outside Accra, I went to Cape Coast. Yes, the Pragya thing. Good. <laughs> I went to Cape Coast and I was shocked. That thing has taken over Cape Coast. I hear in Ho is the same. I hear in Koforidia is the same. It's even worse in the north. And I hear the taxi drivers are annoyed because they are taking away their business. Now this one is not a motorcycle that you feel open and they've covered you. And it can take like three or four people. So it means more money for the rider. And I hear the sales they are making per day is about the same as a taxi. So a lot of people are like, ah, this thing, the money I used to buy a taxi, it can buy like two or three of this one. I'm giving business ideas. <laughs> I can buy like two or three of this. And at the end of the day, it's safer and people will prefer it to the Okada thing. So I was shocked. Everywhere you pass, people are patronizing it. So chaotic situations, problems, challenges have opportunities embedded in them. Hallelujah. You must have the mindset of a problem solver. Not a complainer. The economy is hard, but it's not everybody who is suffering. It's not everybody who is suffering. No. Somebody say, ooh, I will say you. <laughs> you are dying, you say we are dying. <laughs> it's not everybody who is suffering. No, not at all. Some people have the mindset and the spirit of problem solving. I pray that you have the spirit of a problem solver. Yeah. Because Africa has problems. Many problems. And when we are talking about problem solving, we are not necessarily talking about huge things that require huge capital. Little, 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 little things around you. Look for problems and solve them. When challenges come, don't be cowed by the challenge. There is an opportunity in there somewhere. There's an opportunity in there somewhere. And may the Lord open your eyes to see opportunities. Amen. So number one, that is, opportunities can come out of challenges, troubles. Two, opportunities can come out of acts of obedience. When you're obedient, you walk into opportunities. Hallelujah. David did not leave the house that day thinking he was going to have an opportunity to be written in the history books and be talked about for centuries to come. He just left his house as a result of obedience to his father. Take this food and go and give to your bigger brothers. David could have said, oh, now nah, you, the sheep are there. They are, they are there. They have to be taken care of. Why is it that me? I should, they, 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 I mean, they, they feed them. Let them eat. But he obeyed. He was obedient. And this obedience I'm talking about also includes obedience to the word of God. When the Bible says we should walk in the fruit of the spirit, it's for your own good. Gentleness, this kindness, you know, long-suffering, all those, is for your own good, I'm telling you. It's for your own good, it's for your own protection. One of these, maybe I should do an extensive teaching on the fruit of the spirit, so that you understand this thing well. It is for your own good. That last patient you were rude to, you never know where, you go to an interview panel and he's sitting there looking at you right in the face. That's why you must walk in the fruit of the spirit. 
You don't know who it is that you're entertaining. Somebody just calls you on the roadside asking for directions to be block. And that day, because you are frustrated, you cry, why, what, what, what? Can't you see it's there, it's there. Can't you see the signboard, it's there, go. You don't know who that person is. In fact, the one seated next to you right now, you don't know who that person is going to become. Tell the person, look at me well. Tell the person, look at me well. And make sure you treat me well. Ah. You, you don't know who that person is going to become one day. So if you have to be kind to the person today, be kind to the person. If you have to smile to the person today, smile to the person. Because you don't know the person might be holding a key to one of the doors God wants to open for you. Hallelujah. Yeah. When we walk in the fruit of it's for our own benefit. It's for our own benefit. There are people who are millionaires, rich now. And when you trace their stories, it was out of an act of kindness to somebody. Kindness to somebody. We're just gentle about something. Cool about something. May the Lord help you to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Acts of obedience. Just being obedient to the Word of God. But don't talk to people by heart. Be patient when you are dealing with people. Your patience, sometimes they can be annoying. Oh, I know. It can be very, 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 very annoying. Like annoying. Like very annoying. <laughs> but you need to be patient with them. You need to be gentle with them. You never know which of them you are going to meet somewhere. You see people, you pass by them, you don't greet them. When you are returning and your leg locks and you're on the ground and you need somebody to pick you out, they say, uh-huh. They say, a gun home, eh? This gun compound houses. If you don't know and you are entering one and, and most of the time there are people seated in front there. There's a bench. Uh-huh. They are chatting. And you, you think you are, you know, so you are going to look for bra liar in this room. And you just pass them by. And you go and knock, and Bradley is not there. And now you come back. That you are looking for Bradley. They tell you, Bradley, see, I am See, my If you are not lucky, they'll even say something that are unprintable and unspeakable behind the pulpit. Ah. Walk in the fruit of the Spirit. It will open doors for you. It will open opportunities for you. People's businesses are collapsing. They are going to church, praying, binding spirits, fearful, and this and this and this. We shall face them. We shall do that. that, that, that. Meanwhile, it's your own lack of the fruit of the spirit. When people come, you don't smile. How would they go and recommend you for your business to expand? And it will even get worse because people are like, ah, I want to buy, uh, what do you call it, electricity credits somewhere. And, I mean, clearly, they had written eight, that the closing time was 8 p.m. And it was five past eight. You know, these things, they can happen suddenly like that. And, you know, you need to get, when I went, it's like she was getting ready to close. And I was like, oh, I want to buy. She looked at my face. Oh, you are very, very lucky. And she see that this is, a, oh, that one, I said, I shall not be silent. <laughs> I'll tell you one or two things. Normally, these things, I let them go. 
I told you, you should consider it a privilege that of all the other places I've chosen to come to you. Uh, you should consider it a privilege. I could have gone anywhere, and that money you are going to make out of me, it would have gone into their pocket. But I've chosen to come to you. Don't behave as if you are doing me a favor. As if what you are going to give to me is free. People are not working in the foot of spirit, and things are not working for them. Opportunities are not opening for them. And you will bind Satan, bind your grandmother, bind your auntie, do all sorts of things, and nothing will work in your life. Just walk in the foot of the spirit. It will open doors and open opportunities for you. It's as simple as that. Open doors. Somebody got a big breakthrough because somebody who didn't look like a big man then. He was walking, he was coughing, coughing, coughing. The person just went and looked for water and brought to the person. And he drank. Afterwards, he said, oh, wait for me. Gave him a complimentary card. When he realized that, hey, the guy is a big, big tycoon. And he had been looking for a job for years. Told him, bring your CV. Placed him in a good position in the company. He started earning money within a year and a half. He was married. Like, things just started moving in his life. A simple, a simple act of kindness. Water that he gave to somebody. I pray that you'll be kind to somebody this year. The Bible says we should be well because we entertain angels on our ways. There are some people you see around, God has sent them to come and just let you pass a test for him to promote you. One day, one man of God, a prophet, he said he was driving by the street and some small boy stopped him. Those boys who asked for money by the roadside. He said, oh, you you are crooks. He didn't give him the money. And he went. That night, when he went to lie on his bed, God opened his eyes. Heavens were open. And he saw the small boy standing in front of God, accusing him to God. He said, hey. Whether he was an angel sent by God to come and bring a report, or he was standing, it wasn't like he was asleep. His eyes were open. He saw it. And he was accusing him to God. Two days later, he passed the same spot and he saw the thing. So he said, come, come, come. <laughs> Took bundles of cash. This time, not, <laughs> not coins. Give it to him. Take it. Whoever you are, take it. <laughs> that accusation, I don't want it. May you be kind to somebody this year. May you be good to somebody this year. May you give somebody a helping hand this year. Somebody has a flat tie on the roadside. You can see Charlie looking for help, but cannot ask for help. See the person and pass by Charlie. That's in fraud for not those. And it's the truth. You see, the bad people are making doing good difficult now. Because now all sorts of tricks. Especially ladies in distress. There's, there's a, an uncle of mine. Saw a lady by the roadside, like this. Oh, please, I want a lift. Then, 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 then. He picked the Akatema motorway. They got to a place, she was like, if you don't bring all your money, I'm going to tear my clothes and shout that you are trying to rape me. Because he saw that he was a big man who cares about his reputation. He said, bring all your money on you. He's like, Charlie, my name against my empty wallet, Charlie, I prefer to have an empty wallet. Give her all the money. So it's becoming difficult. But, but may God lead you. Hallelujah. Because one act of kindness may be a big door that will open to you and will change your life. Number three. 
Small opportunities will lead to bigger ones. Sometimes we are looking for the big break. Oh, we are looking for that big break. That huge door to open. But there is a small door and behind it is the huge door. You need to open that small door first and walk in. And the huge door will be open. Hallelujah. Amen. So don't always be looking for, as I said, finely crafted, nicely labeled opportunities. Some of them will come, it will look like just something small. Something small. Who thought when they were looking for 12 spies from the 12 tribes of Israel to go and watch the promised land? Who thought it was more or less an auditioning for the next leader? The leader had to come from the 12 who had been to the promised land. Because when God took Moses away, the next person to lead them had to be somebody who had been there before. And it had to be picked from among the 12. But when the assignment came, it didn't look like a very papaish assignment. It didn't look like a very prophetic assignment. It was job for the boys. Because spying... You don't walk into the gates majestic, open the gates, I'm a spy, I'm a spy, I'm a spy. I've come to spy on you. No. You hide. You enter Nicodemusly. You sleep in bushes. When people are coming, you hide. It's not dignified at all. It's not dignified at all. Going to sleep in strange places so that the people will not see you. They had to endure a lot of hardship. A lot of inconvenience. But that was how the door presented itself. You see, sometimes you know there's bigger things ahead of you. And God will start with small doors like that. Small doors like that. And sometimes we don't want to enter the door. It's like those who know they are going to enter ministry. Maybe you've been told, oh, you preach to thousands. You do this, 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 this. So some people invite you. You ask for the number. They say they are five. You say, please, 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 please. Yeah, you don't respect the I am. You know who I am. I will speak to nations. You don't respect the oil. You don't respect the oil. But it is a small door that will lead to those big doors that were prophesied. If you don't open that small door, the big doors will never open. He that is faithful in little will be entrusted with much. It is a, it's a principle in the kingdom. All of us, look, when you, come, you see me speaking parallel, plenty of we started on packs. No microphone. Raw voice. Like that's why I'm comfortable doing it. My yes, ah, it's not. I didn't start preaching with a microphone. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. People have done dumb broadcasts, things like that. You start little. And when God read, no, the small that I've given to you, you are serious with it and you are working it well. Say, so let me open a bigger door to you. But we are looking for the big break. Big break. He said, come and lead prayer meeting. How many people will be there? He said, 10 people. Oh, please, when you gather more people, call me. (laughs) Look, in ministry, eh, doors come from recommendation. It's the people, the small people you recommend, you, you, you speak to. Or you minister to. They will go and tell somebody, oh, this man, you think you'll just be there and the Holy Ghost will just be opening doors, yeah, because you are so anointed. No. One person will hear you and say, no, this guy, we can recommend him for this bigger, what do you call it? When we started preaching those days, it was class, prayer meeting, and they'll give you opportunity to share word, five minutes. The first preaching I preached in Kolibu was my class prayer meeting. 
and five minutes exhortation at the end. I was given that opportunity to give it. And then I joined prayer band. For a very long time, I never led any prayer meeting. I mean, there were people there. There were seniors. I was a small boy. Seniors are people. People. Establish purpose in the prayer team. <laughs> Establish men. So when you go, go and learn. Just be humble. Watch them, how they are doing the thing. The things that are working, you also learn. And one day I was given an opportunity, prayer band meeting. I fasted for three days. I was in a small prayer band meeting. Just 20 something people who have had the World Cup like that. What is it? No. Any assignment God gives you is a World Cup. If you have that mentality, any assignment God gives you is a World Cup. I fasted for three days. And I went to stand on the field. Led the prayer meeting. And those is when you lead prayer meeting, then you give word. And I gave word. I remember the title. The title was Momentum. When I finished that preaching, by the time I got to the hostel, hey, people were talking about it before I even got back to the hostel. Hey, Charlie, we hear you've gone to set in the far park on fire. I said, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. God is good. <laughs> Hallelujah. The next time the prayer papa came to me, he said, we want you to lead the whole CMF prayer meeting. Friday dawn. I fasted five days. <laughs> five days. And I stood on the field, led the people. By the time I was finishing the prayer meeting, word of knowledge, pa, word of knowledge, pa, pa. They hadn't seen anything like that. Hey. Next time, they said the next half night, one hour prayer time for you. I led the thing. Next time, we are making you prayer secretary. Next time, half night, take half night. That's how my ministry in Kolebu started. From that one day, from the class prayer meeting. And momentum. <laughs> momentum. <laughs> then suddenly ministry started inviting this, that, 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 that is what you see now. And then it broke outside Kolebu. This, that, that was it. Started from a small door. A small opportunity. That was open. Don't despise little opportunities when they come. It may look menial. It may look like something not big enough. But behind it is a bigger door. There's a bigger door behind it. There's a bigger door. Don't despise little things. Sometimes something very little will be required of you. Can you imagine the woman by the well? When Jesus came. Asked her for water. She said, ah. But you, how can you come to a well without a bucket? You want to drink, you don't have a bucket. You, you are the man, you have much more. You to draw for yourself and drink. Sometimes it's just something little. That will be required of you. And if you despise that little opportunity, bigger doors will be shut from you. No bigger doors will be open. Sometimes there's just some one moment that you are given. And if you take it and you take it well, it changes your life forever. And your name is etched in history forever. When I was watching the boxing match this dawn, the one who was supposed to sing the 
American National Anthem. I was like, look, this is a big platform. Millions of people are watching all over the world. And a guy came, took the microphone, and was doing something. I said, you don't have vision in life. <laughs> He's not one of the popular singers. So some of these things, they give people the chance. It is your breakout chance. Let the world see you. Ken was doing some things, being singing. American National Anthem, they sing it like it's worship. <laughs> sing it from the heart. I got chucked some way being was, you know, doing something else. I don't know, no, no, no. You've, you've, you've missed the big opportunity. You've missed the big opportunity. When the opportunities come, may you shine. May, may God give you the grace to shine. May you nail it and nail it well. Yes. So small opportunities lead to bigger ones. Joseph in prison. A small opportunity opened for him to interpret a dream for a fellow prisoner. That's like a small door. Ah. Look, this is somebody who has major prophecies upon his head. Huge prophecies upon his head. And this small one too. And you see, Joseph had every right to decide that I won't even interpret this dream. One, a dream brought him into the prison in the first place. When he went to dream, dream and the brothers decided to hate him because of that. Two, he himself has had dreams that have not been fulfilled. Why should he continue to believe in dreams? You saw dreams. People were bowing down before. And now you are bowing down in front of people in prison. You are a houseboy. You are this. You, are this. you said, Charlie, look, this thing called dreams. I, mean, I don't want to have anything to do with it. All. I don't want to hear anything about dreams. But when they brought the dream, it was a small door. But he took it. He opened it. And behind it was a bigger door. Which was for him to interpret a dream for Pharaoh. That is the reason we are still talking about Joseph today. He took that little opportunity to interpret the dreams of prisoners, a butler and a baker. And that opened a bigger door for him to interpret a dream for the most powerful man in the world at the time. That's Pharaoh himself. When small opportunities come, take them. Don't think you are too big for them. Don't think your, your, your destiny is bigger than that small door. Because behind that small door may be an even bigger door. Hallelujah. Little things open major doors, and little things shut major doors. The same way little things can open major doors for you. Little things can also shut major doors. That's why you need to be a sensitive person. A little thing like a phone call that you decided to ignore. Those with bad phone habits. Some people, they never pick their calls. It's not like they are busy, but... They never pick. Their phone is always on silent. <laughs> their phones are always on silent. Some major calls will just miss you like that. Because you see, Leonard Raven Hill said something. He said, a lifetime opportunity must be taken during the lifetime of the opportunity. That means the opportunity also has a lifetime. If you don't take it during the lifetime of the opportunity, and the opportunity goes, that is it. Sometimes in relationships and things, it's like that too. Sometimes the atmosphere is right. This is when you need to pop the question. And you go and do... When it passes like that... <laughs> Come on. 
When it passes like that, it's gone. They say, well, strike the iron while it's what? Hot. When it becomes cold, when you are striking, you are just wasting energy. You are just wasting energy. The opportunities of a lifetime must be taken in the lifetime of the opportunity. While the opportunity is still there, take it. Grab it. Make use of it. Make use of it. And I pray that God will give you sensitivity. Amen. Be sensitive. To correct timing. Because look, when it comes to opportunity, timing is crucial. Timing is crucial. When you get the timing right, that is it. So since opportunities don't come labeled, and opportunities can come disguised, how will we place ourselves strategically to harness opportunities? Just do good all the time. That is my recipe for you. See, the Bible says, do not be weary in what? Well-doing. Because in due time, you shall what? Just, just do good. Be nice to people. Like, just do the right things. Just do the right things. They say, cast your bread upon the waters. Cast it. Cast it upon the waters. And it will come back to you. That means bread, plenty, you cast it and trust. So if it's sacrificing, you need to sacrifice, sacrifice. If it's kindness, you need to show, be kind. If it's prayer, you need to pray, pray. If it's declarations, you need to make, declare. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And that is a prayer you must pray every day. Lord, order my steps today. Because it's not everything God will show you for you to know, oh, it is coming. Sometimes he'll show you it is coming. But others, you will just stumble into it like that. And when you come face to face with that thing, you must have the discernment to realize that this is a door. This is an opportunity. And this is a trap. Because I've said it several times here. That traps also come in the form of open doors. There are some opportunities that came my way some time back. That by God's grace I didn't take. Now when I look back I know if I had taken those things, things would have gone a certain way. There's not every door that is open that is correct. Some of them are traps. That's why you have to be a prayerful believer. That's why you must have a good relationship with God. That is why you must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I was telling you guys the other time that look, this era of Christianity where it's all about God, give me, God, give me, God, give me, God, give me. We need to change that mentality. The emphasis must be on relationship. If we are going for a prayer meeting, you see, last Friday, the hour of travel, there was no focus. The numbers were the lowest we've had. If it was something that Charlie God, I can identify with this one. Oh, until the matter is settled. Yeah. But come and pray because you love God and you love prayer. You like to be in the presence of God. You like to be with the people of God. It's difficult to motivate ourselves. And I think it's, it's a dangerous direction the church is going into. People chase God for things. So when those things are not coming, then they say, hey, is there God? God cried, does he exist? Does he even answer prayers? I don't even believe in prayers. But when you have worked on your relationship with him, and your trust in him is entrenched in the word of God, no matter what happens around you, you are not moved. Because your relationship with him is solid. Your relationship with him is unmovable, it's unshakable. Those are the kind of believers we must bring up. 
Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I pray for the thing that is not coming, but I know God knows what is best for me. Yeah. Yeah. I will curse God because I'm looking for this and God, you are not doing it. Why? For you know, as I'm saying, the opportunities are the doors have come, but you haven't been able to recognize them because your relationship no, is not strong enough, it's not tight enough. So that when he's speaking, you hear. As for God, he speaks to all of us. He can't say he's your father and he doesn't speak to you. It's impossible. A father who is not on talking terms with his child. That's a very bad father. And God is not like that. He speaks to us all the time. He points us to things all the time. But we've not built our relationship with him strong enough to be able to hear him when he speaks. There are some people when you pick your call, when, when they call, even if your screen is spot, the moment they say hello, you know their voice. That's because you speak to them very frequently. If your beloved calls and your screen is spot and you say, who is this? It is problematic. It is a bad sign. Hallelujah. It's true people's voices change on phone. But if you have been speaking on phone, you know the natural voice and you know the phone voice. He said, who is this? It's a problem. But there are some people you can't recognize their voices because maybe you speak to them once in four months. So if you are in the habit of communicating with God on a regular basis, the moment he even just sniffs, you know that this is God speaking. This is God saying, this thing, don't go here. This is God saying, yeah, this one, I approve it. I pray that your sensitivity to the voice of God will move to another level in this year of, of breaking out. May opportunities come your way. May the Lord open doors your way. May the Lord shut doors to traps in your life in the name of Jesus. We break any trap that comes in the form of an open door that the enemy wants to trap you into in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for your discernment that you'll be sharp in the spirit to recognize these doors and to shut them and to run away from them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And may you meet destiny helpers in this year. May the Lord give you the grace of recognition that when you see these destiny helpers, you'll be able to recognize them and connect with them instead of despising them and disrespecting them. May you recognize them and connect with them. Where you need to honor them, may you honor them. Where you need to be of help to them, may you be of help to them. Where you need to connect in a particular way, may God give you direction to connect to those people in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. May the Lord open doors into academic excellence. May the Lord open doors into marital bliss. May the Lord open doors into financial abundance. May the Lord open doors into promotions and upgradings of people's lives in this year in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare that you are blessed and you are highly favored in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Overflow!